This is Central Carolina Journal, a program that highlights events, programs, and slices of life happening throughout our communities. I'm Asia. Thanks for joining us. They say that a picture is worth a thousand words. If that is true, then several pictures would have quite the story to tell. The city of Sanford has a wide variety of people and personalities within it, as well as the overall character of the city itself. Photographer Matt Ramey wants to capture the essence of Sanford during 2023 with the help of his camera. Fred Brucker sat down with Matt to talk about his growing up in Sanford and why he sees it as important to tell the current story of Sanford in film. Plus, they'll go into how you might be able to help with bringing this story to life. So, Matt, this is somewhat of you giving a bit of a love letter to your hometown. And before we get into the project, uh, let's talk about you and your growing up experience here in Sanford. Sure. So my name is Matt Ramey. I'm a photographer. I live in Raleigh. I grew up in Sanford basically my entire life. I think we moved here when I was probably six, something like that, six, seven. So I was here from elementary school all the way to high school had a pretty, what I would consider a typical Sanford upbringing as a teenager, which means, you know, there wasn't a whole lot to do in town. You know, you tried to stay out of trouble while still getting into as much trouble as you could. (laughs) (laughs) I was always a little bit of a black sheep in the family, which is fine now, but you know, back then it was maybe felt a little tough, but I was always into arts, always into art programming. I remember I took an art class in high school in my freshman year, and it was probably one of the most boring classes I had, you know, it was like draw these apples in this bowl, use the ruler to do the perspective lines mm-hmm. on the paper. <laughs> I, I was just incredibly bored by it. I mean, not that I had a, a big catalog in my head of what art should be, but I just knew it could be more than, you know, learning how to shade apples. So my grandmother sent me to North Carolina School of the Arts one summer for a summer program, and that sort of opened my eyes up. And then I went to governor school for art between junior and senior year. But at least when I was in school, governor school was sort of like a a program you had to apply to. They had all kinds of stuff, math, science, choir, band, art, whatever. And I went for art. And it really kind of blew my head open as far as what art could be. Um, but generally speaking, I was always into art. Um, my mom got me my first camera when I was in high school. She bought it like an auction back in the days of film. So this was, you know, 35 millimeter camera, a couple lenses, had no idea how it worked. I just knew it had a little, you know, meter inside a little wand that would go up and down. And when mm-hmm. the wand was in the circle, your exposure was correct. And so I would just take photos of people at school, friends, you know, goofing around, stuff outside. You know, I'm sure I thought I was brilliantly artistic, but I was taking, you know, just snapshots of whatever I could find in my life. So how did you get to the point where you thought uh, photography in particular would be your main interest? That's actually somewhat recent in my life. Going into college, I wanted to be in a band. I was dead set on, I was, I'm going to be a rock star. I'm going to be in a band. And my mom thought, oh my God, what is this? You know, please graduate high. She just wanted me to graduate high school. She just wanted me to finish. So anyways, obviously that did not work out. So I had to go to college. And so I, I remember the, the deadline for a lot of uh, applications was fast approaching or I had already passed. I waited so long. So I applied to NC State and I got in. I went to NC State. I was going to, in my head, transfer into the design school. So this would have been 2002, 2003. And I very quickly, even back then, realized most of this stuff is going into computers. And I didn't want to work on computers. But I wasn't confident enough in my skills to be like a fine art studio artist. I was scared I was going to be a starving artist. So what I did was I took a left turn and I went and did hair for a living. I did that for about 16 years, 18 years, something like that. In the midst of that, 
I began to work as an assistant to a photographer, retouching, doing all the lighting, made the website, all the stuff, managing things, emails, et cetera, et cetera. I really enjoyed that. We built up a, a good business doing that, worked into uh, doing a lot of commercial stuff, editorial stuff. And that's when I was like, oh, I could, like, you know, you see those glossy photos in a magazine and you think, oh, this, you know, no one ever thinks a person took that picture. Mm. You know, you, you see, you know, you hear about these famous photographers. Annie Leibovitz is a good one, you know, for covers of Vanity Fair. She's just a person with a camera, just like anybody else. Now, granted, she's got, you know, an army of people behind her that help. But at the end of the day, these pictures are just people that are normal people that someone took a photo of. And I was like, oh, yeah, you can do this. So just by studying stuff, I just sort of taught myself this is how you make these images look like glossy images from a magazine. I said, you know what? I don't really want to do hair anymore. This was not something I'm passionate about anymore. And I said, I'm going to start doing photography full time. That's going to be, I'm just going to dive right into it. I knew kind of how the ins and outs work as far as building your own business goes. And so I just went out on my own. So you've gone from playing around with the camera to just watching when the meter was in the right place, developing yourself, watching others, developing your own craft, and uh, gotten to the place where you are right now. Where have we seen some of your work? So basically what I've been doing lately is a lot of news photojournalism. Um, so I've worked with The Rant here in Sanford. Uh, shout out Gordon. He actually really was a start of my career. He was one of the first people I, I reached out to to say, "Hey, you know, I'm going to I'm going into photography full time. If you need any work," and he said, "Yeah, I'll, you know, I'll find you some work." I mean, it's obviously it's a small newspaper; it's not some big thing. But he's the guy that took a chance on me and said, "Yeah, you know, I knew I knew Gordon from high school. He put me on and put me in connection with other folks. From there, he got me working with Chatham News and Record. I do a lot of work with them uh, and a lot of work with WNC NPR affiliate in Chapel Hill, Durham. I just photographed." Uh, Newly elected North Carolina Democratic Party chair, Anderson Clayton, just photographed her for uh, WNC. But most of my stuff right now that most people would see would be a lot of news stuff with various local publications. So uh, with you doing a lot of stuff for news and for radio and things like that, is that mainly what you focus on? Are there other interests and specialties that you have with your photography? Sure. I do a lot of portrait work. I enjoy photographing people. I think one of the hardest things I've always had growing up was really understanding folks all the way. I don't know what it is about me, but I always had a hard time sort of like deeply connecting with folks. But I find people fascinating, especially cultures and the way people congregate and the way they connect fascinating. So a lot of my personal work revolves around culture, community. I have a particular interest in class and how that affects communities. Like I've got a whole series that I started last year there's a, a food line near my house, and my neighborhood has sort of become heavily gentrified. So across the street from that food line is, is Section 8 housing. So this food line sort of sits right in between these two very different neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, food is the great unifier. Everyone's got to eat. You see all walks of life come into this food line. So I just started one day. I said, I'm going to start asking people to take their portrait. So I've got a whole series that I've done of portraits outside this food line. That's just, you know, this is my neighborhood. That's, that's why I said to myself, like I want to get to know my neighbors and, and just, and have folks and just see like who, who hangs out here. So I did that and I've done stuff like, um, there's a bike polo group that meets up near my house. Just, they do pickup games twice a week. I've started photographing them quite a bit. Um, I've gone to a few raceways and, uh, that's just, you know, just different ways that people congregate. The Bigfoot convention that was happening, that happened in Cumnock a few months ago, I went and photographed that. Just Bigfoot conference, folks 
getting together, passionate about Bigfoot. So did you get, actually get a picture of him? Unfortunately, I just missed, you know, I, th- I swear he was, <laughs> he, he just probably just walked right by. He was being really sneaky, you know, but I really enjoy photographing people. Um, but especially within the context of how they congregate, what they're passionate about, uh, community, things like that. Okay. So you've definitely shared in terms of content, some of the things that you're attracted to with your photography. In terms of the art itself, what makes a good photo from an artistic standpoint? Wow. What a great question. I think like all art, it's subjective. I think the things that make a good photo, composition, subject matter, lighting when you break it down to the you know the bare bones you know photography is literally painting with light that is what you're doing so first thing you need is great lighting and it's hard to actually as you're when you become a photographer to train your eye to see that because most people you know you just you're so focused with your eyes to see other things all all the time right you're looking for threats you're looking for making sure you don't run into things you know context clues as far as like just how to navigate a space so once you learn to train your eyes as a photographer to see light, things just start to look differently and you start to sort of like pay attention to things a bit differently. And from there, I think it just matters, you know, that at least for me, when it comes to people and portrait work, something that speaks to beyond just what's pretty, right? It needs to, it needs to say something beyond just the surface level. And I think those are the great images of our time Go look at Richard Avedon. Go look at Annie Leibovitz. Go look at Sally Mann and her work with her family. Um, those people are, to me, just icons of the craft, and they are able to pull something out of someone that you know most people can't pull out. The best portrait photographers will tell you the magic doesn't happen in the camera. The magic mm-hmm. happens between two people. Mm-hmm. It's the in-between moments that make a portrait special. For the people who can do that, who just have this way of disarming someone, to me, honestly, that's like voodoo. It's just magic. I don't know how they do it, but to me, that makes a special portrait. One of the things I'm hearing as you talk about this, as someone that is seen in a more communications like, you know, using radio and audio and that sort of thing, and we think of communication that way, but I don't know how many people necessarily think of photography as communication, but it is in a way in that... I mean, you've described it a lot in the way that you take the pictures and what you're thinking about when you're taking the pictures. But there's something to the aspect of trying to communicate that moment in time. Tell me your thoughts about that as you're taking these pictures and how you see your contribution to things from those perspectives. I was talking to a, <clears throat> uh, a teenager recently about photography, and I was explaining to her that, you know, now we have, I'm holding an iPhone in my hand. We all have a, a camera in our hand at all times. And it's just, it's, no one gives it a second thought. You just have this thing in your hand that's just pictures. And I was explaining to her, you know, back when photography was first made, it's literally like black magic. You put a blank piece of something into a box. You look at that, you, you point that box at something. And all of a sudden you've captured a moment in time. You literally are stealing memories. You're stealing, you know, moments and, and putting them in a bottle and, and keeping it there forever. I can't think of something that's more, you know, black magic voodoo, just fantasy land stuff than literally stopping time and keeping it, you know, in a, in a forever form. I think, that's, I think that's just absolutely magical. Photography is probably one of the most interesting 
and compelling ways of communicating that we have. A lot of things happen when you're stopping motion. That's a hard thing about photography is, you know, usually, especially when you're photographing like a basketball game or a speech or a protest, depending on what moment you catch, things can look quite different. You can manipulate a narrative with a photograph. It's an interesting medium because it, it shows truth, but it can also manipulate truth. A lot of things we wouldn't know about if we didn't have photography. A lot of things wouldn't be believed if we didn't have photography. Yeah, I, first thing that comes in mind are photos of Tiananmen Square, you know, the tank man. Yeah. I mean, they literally deny that thing ever happened. Even though there's photos of it that did happen. They just deny it didn't happen. You know, I think as a as a culture, you generally want to believe the best in people. You know, you want to believe that certain things wouldn't take place. And so you kind of need photography to show what's happened. If you don't know history, it repeats itself. Photography is this brilliant art form and this important art form that shows folks who they are, who they used to be, what happened generations before them. Um, and it helps you move forward and hopefully in a better way. You know, one of the terms that you used, and I think it kind of rubs people the wrong way when certain people hear it in certain contexts, is the idea of manipulation. Yeah. But really what you're doing is you're trying to show a certain colorization of an event and uh, provide a certain perspective Absolutely. of things that uh, sometimes a photo can do in ways that the spoken word or the written word Absolutely. simply can't do. Absolutely. And I think that that seems to be the essence of what you're trying to do with this project that you're taking on this coming year. Tell us about uh, what you want to do here in Sanford. So my mother died a few years ago, uh, you know, sort of prematurely of cancer. And she'd been dealing with that for a long time. And after that, I realized she was my telephone into Sanford. And she would let me know what's going on with my family. And she would let me know what's happening in town. And, you know, and after she died, I realized I have no idea what's going on. I started trying to make more direct connections with my family, grandparents, aunts, uncles, all that. Being a photographer, it was always a very comfortable way for me to see the world from behind a camera. So I said, well, this makes sense. This way of getting back into my community and just connecting with my past and with my roots, this is a good way of doing that. I decided, all right, well, I'm going to come back into Sanford and I want to photograph the people and places that make it special. I want to sort of like change the perspective of the way people would see the town every day and in that remember all the things that I enjoyed. So part of it is places or like relics almost. A large part of it will be portraits. You know, obviously it starts with my immediate connections. From there, I'm hoping to branch out, I guess like a Richard Avedon style. Everyone's in black and white on a white background. Just because I feel that everyone has an equal part in making a community what it is. And I want to put them all and show them all on a level playing field. So everyone will be photographed the same. And I think that will hopefully give a good, you know, sort of read for anyone who lives here. One, to get a different view of their own space. And two, anyone who wants to see it who is not from here to hopefully get an idea of what it was like for me to have this be home. So what I'm hearing from you is that it's kind of a combination of a couple different things. Uh, one, it's you kind of doing your own soul searching through going through and doing many of these photographs, but also trying to almost introduce things again for the first time where you're trying to get 
some of the different scenes that perhaps everyone knows about, but do them in different ways from different perspectives and tell a story, but kind of expand the story from what we think we all know. Absolutely. I need you to be my PR guy. I need you, I need you to write all the bios and stuff for me. You're good at this. You're good. At, I'm, I'm a little more um, cerebral in my uh, my in the way I talk about things. You've, you've boiled that down quite nicely. That was great. Huh, well, not, not bad. Pat myself <laughs> on the back there. Um, so in terms of uh, the timeline for your project, what what are your goals uh, in terms of completion? So I am going to finish it this year. I did get a grant through the United Arts Council of Wake County. It's a small grant. Basically, it's going to cover my film. I'm shooting all this on film, uh, but also cost. It's really expensive to shoot film these days, and prices keep going up. I don't understand it. This grant basically covered my cost of film and processing, most of the processing costs. Other than that, everything else is on me. With this grant and with most grants comes, you know, timelines. So I have this year to finish this project. Now, if someone's listening and they're intrigued by what you're doing, they want to participate or contribute in some way, shape, or form. Uh, what sort of things are you looking for and what can people do? The main things I'm looking for especially are folks to photograph uh, for the portraits. Obviously, you know, I've got a, a circle of, of people I know, people I, you know, my family, people I went to high school with, but I need to branch out beyond that as well. There's a lot of different kind of folks here that come from all walks of life and I need it to look like that. I was on McKeever Street today talking to the volunteers and to the clients they serve. I was at my grandma's house today talking to granddaddy, you know, and, and the people that he would know. You know, I grew up going to a Baptist church, you know, Southern Baptist church. I would love to include other faith-based uh, congregations. I would love to include things like people who hang out at the pool halls, you know, and maybe there's a, a league that gets together. Uh, maybe there's you know, pick up soccer groups that meet up, you know, these communities are what make Sanford a special place. All these types of folks are important. I would really love introductions into communities that I don't have access to. Everyone needs to be involved in this because that's who's here. So if anyone wants to help, you know, you can go to my website or, you know, my Instagram, contact me. And that way put into contact with some of the people that, you know, not to say that everything can be part of this, you know, editing is probably one of the hardest parts about uh, making a, a photo series. Um, you know, you kind of fall in love with everything that you photograph and you fall in love with all the different like avenues and, and all the different uh, elements and, and angles that you find. But I, you have to sometimes make the tough decision on like what makes the, the most sense as far as the entire, body of work as a whole. But that's not to say, you know, everyone's going to make it into a thing, but I do want to talk to everyone about stuff. And we'll be sure to give your contact information at the end of the show and also make it available on the show notes on the website. Um, before we go though, uh, is there anything else that you'd like to tell us about things that you're working on other projects where places we should watch out for you? Yeah. Um, well, I'm always doing so I have this new thing on my website. I call them cultural vignettes. I didn't know what else to call them. That sounds sort of pretentious, but basically it's just communities. I really like going in these communities. Um, I'm hoping to do some stuff with, um, there's a guy I went to high school with who's really into like vintage race car driving. So I think it's these, these dirt track races, but they're like old style cars, but I mean, they're souped up to race. Hoping to do a few races with them, do some photographs there or that kind of thing. I'm also doing, a series on relics. So 
you know, when my mom died and I went through her apartment, you know, clean it out and obviously found some things that I kept of hers. She was really into like kind of quirky art and like antiques. So one thing she had was this stained glass window. I don't know what it came out of, but it's this beautiful stained glass window, maybe about two feet by two and a half feet, something like that. So I kept that. She also had this, I guess what you would call like a shadow box, like a large box built with a glass front that has tobacco in it, tobacco leaves that are dried. She, um, she grew up working on her uncle's tobacco farm. So I have that. And it made me realize like, it's nice to have these things that remind you of people who are not here anymore. And so I've started talking to other folks that have these, these relics, talismans, artifacts, whatever you want to call them of family, friends, whatever, just people who aren't here and, and talking to them, learning their story, why these, these objects are important. It's interesting to me that objects can hold so much power and sentimentality. You know, if someone loses, you know, that one special thing that someone gave them, they get really upset about, it. you know, if they, if they have to move or the house, you know, catches fire, you get a robbery, whatever. It can be heartbreaking to lose just an item. You know, you don't lose a memory, but you still have lost something and it's very painful. I started photographing people's relics. Also that, if anyone is interested in sharing their story with me of, of a relic they have uh, and letting me photograph it, I would love to do that. So maybe that'll become a thing, you know, and that's, it's a bit different than what I normally do, right? Because that's not people. That's more like a still life sort of a thing. But I think it still shows the same thing, connections, community. So I've been doing that. And then uh, I've got another series that I'm sort of rolling around in my head that has more to do with just uh, inspiration from some classical paintings like Caravaggio and, and Goya I've been looking at these painters quite a lot and been sort of fascinated with one, how they painted things with the light, but two, their subject matter was very, very interesting to me. So I might start playing with some stuff that's more like, I guess you'd call them fine art photography and we'll see what happens with that. But, but Sanford will be my big project this year that I'm going to like give a lot of continued time on because like I said, I've got the year to do it and the year is already two months out. So there's going to be, and you know, and part of it too is just time of year, right? Things are a little bit nicer and you get more light in the summertime mm-hmm. and the spring. So I'll be in town quite a bit over the next probably six to eight months uh, working on this project. Well, I think we've definitely put a taste in people's ears for uh, the things that you may be doing this year, hopefully to be able to witness the, the final result and see how your work has come to fruition. I know I'm looking forward to it as someone that doesn't normally think in the visual realm, but maybe the best way to just close this out is give you the final word. Yeah. So, uh, anyone who wants to reach out, like I said, you can go to my website. It's mattramiphoto.com. I really hope that the community will see the benefit in what I'm doing. I I think this is, you know, it truly is just a place of love and respect and reverence for where I came from. And connecting back with my roots, I think that a lot of small towns, much smaller than Sanford, but Sanford included, are very misunderstood. You know, I think there's this sort of idea that, especially in the South, it's just this monolith of, you know, kind of backwoods, hillbillies, you know, maybe people who are less than educated. Um, Everyone thinks the same way. Obviously, everyone who's from here knows that's just not the case. And so what I'm hoping to do with this is just, show the people who aren't from here just how you know rich and 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 interesting the people here are and because there's a lot of cool stuff going on i've i've talked to a few folks with the city at how 
fantastic I think it is that Sanford has managed to grow so much while still maintaining the its soul a bit. You know, you go downtown and you still have all these beautiful buildings. They're doing all these murals, you know, and putting up this public art while still having, you know, in these new businesses while still having, you know, this, this feel of a small town and just the, the architecture and the, and the, and the culture is still there. And I think that's really special and, and quite hard to do. You know, a lot of places don't do that. They'll tear everything down in the name of progress, but Sanford's managed to really keep its identity while growing at the same time. So I'm hoping I can do that. Um, I can do that some justice, and I can be, you know, part of that growth and a part of that that special sauce that makes Sanford a really hot place to be. Matt Ramey is hoping to reach out and capture the city of Sanford and its people from just about every angle possible. If you have interest in participating in this project, you can reach Matt through his contact page on his website, mattramiefoto.com or via phone at 919-721-2493. You can also follow Matt on Twitter at IllegalPix or on Instagram at MattRamyPhoto. We'll have his contact information for you in the show notes of the podcast version of this show, which can be found at www.883wuaw.com forward slash CCJ. Just search for episode 23-04. By the way, you can also find the show by searching for WUAW on your favorite podcast app. That's going to do it for this edition of Central Carolina Journal. If you have an idea for a future episode, give us a call at 910-814-8830 or email us at wuaw at cccc.edu. Central Carolina Journal is a public affairs presentation at Central Carolina Community College and its radio stations. 90.5 WDCC and 88.3 WUAW. I'm Asia. Thanks for listening. I gave the broadcasting students at Central Carolina Community College an assignment to interview each other, and they were allowed to be honest with each other. Here are some of the results, and I was honestly surprised. I was just looking at stuff that the school provides and I was like, oh, there's a broadcast production. And so I just clicked on it and I was like, wow, this looks like a dream, you know, because I saw the studio a little bit and I'm like, holy cow, that's something I've wanted to do, you know, and it just awakened something in me. I was like, wow, I got to do this. It's an amazing program with an amazing group of people. And there's a lot of good technical knowledge to learn from this, from both hardware and software. You get to learn a lot of interesting ways to handle things. And this entire program has a bunch of different elements that could be helpful in a bunch of different fields. There's a lot of good options around. I mean, people can help you financially. And if you feel like that's your concern, there's a huge support system at the community college. It seems like everyone here always was willing to help. So when I first started off, I could definitely say from high school to college, it's a big transition. Here at college, you soon learn, hey, it's all you. You're responsible for the work. And it is a lot of work. Don't be wrong. There's some times where you get a little frustrated. Mm -hmm. You get a little overwhelmed. We have to work in group projects. We have like a little creative disagreement. Mm -hmm. Like you just, you learn to get over that and you come back in. Because at the end of the day, everyone's here to learn and gain knowledge to go on out into the world and do whatever they want to do. So you kind of have to like help each other out and just be supportive of one another and just keep going with it. Oh, I love it. I've made a bunch of friends here. I love the instructors. The teachers have been amazing. Here, it feels like almost immediately I kind of felt at home with the teachers. It's just felt like a much more home kind of atmosphere. And all the students have been much more welcoming. It feels like Central has a lot of room for discussion in a lot of 
of their classes. There will be some times where you might be a little fearful or a little intimidated by the equipment, but don't be. Your instructors are here to guide you, to help you. Your classmates will jump in and help you. It will be a great experience. There's many great opportunities here. You know, just last year, I got to get an experience of what it was like to be a news anchor reporting in the studio and stuff, and now hitting that podcasting radio setting. They have great studios for radio, and they have a, a television studio for TV. I feel like if I were to go into broadcasting, I could be doing something that I love to do, never feel like I'm actually on the clock, and then I'll just be working and having fun at the same exact time. People don't realize that this program is very broad. You can mm-hmm. do so many different things. For me, I want to be a TV producer and a writer. Ron, wherever he just went, <laughs> he wants to be a director. Uh, okay. Zach wants to be a videographer. So like, you can do so many different things just by this one program, but you still learn a little bit from each. And I think that's really important. I want to really develop my podcast between me and my husband. We have a podcast. Hopefully everything that I've been learning here is really going to help me develop that podcast and push it out for all the world to hear. So all the stuff I've been learning about editing, equipment, how to record, everything has been like spot on. Everyone deserves to do what they want to do. You know, if you're on the fence about it and you're willing to take a shot in the dark, I think it is a good chance to take. If you like content creation or just anything that has to deal with media, this would be a really good program for you. Do it. Do it. It's so much fun. I really enjoy it, and I don't think I've heard a negative testimonial from someone regarding this course. So there it is. From the students themselves, this is the experience that they have in the Broadcasting Production Technology Program at Central Carolina Community College. Now, there are a few things they did not mention, like that there are one-year certificate and diploma programs in audio and in video, including a certificate in podcasting, in addition to the two-year associate's degree covering both audio and video. There's the opportunity to have student content shared on the college's TV and radio stations, and that the equipment used in the classes is on par with what will be found in professional environments. Information on broadcasting production technology is available on the web at www.cccc.edu forward slash broadcasting and my phone at 919-718-7257. Now back to your regularly scheduled programming. Yeah, just me playing video games.